0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: What a great and wonderful presence of the Lord that we feel, and I just want the Lord to speak to our heart this morning. If you have your Bibles and will join me in the book of Luke chapter 2 and verse number 8, we want to stay in theme and in harmony with what this day represents. Uh, Early this morning, long before day, I acknowledged to the Lord that I didn't think today was his birthday, but I'm thankful that he was born. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful that he was born, without a doubt. The book of Luke, chapter 2, verse number 8. The Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And from this passage today, I just want to preach to you for a few moments from this thought, hope came by night. Hope came by night. I'm thankful for hope, aren't you? Amen. That's what we feel in the atmosphere this morning is real hope. God bless you and you can be seated. On this particular day in question surrounding our text this morning, nightfall didn't happen too soon for young Mary. After all, she'd been traveling for a while, not riding in the best of circumstances, but traveling by mule, and that would have been hard on anyone, especially someone in a late-term pregnancy. Mary understood In truth, what was happening inside of her because the Lord had forewarned her. So she understood somewhat physically the things that were taking place. But I don't believe there was any way to know exactly what was about to happen. But she did know this. She needed a place to stop. And she needed a place to stop soon. Joseph, like most men and Husbands was diligent in trying to find a place for her. And I feel sure that he was concerned that he couldn't find an appropriate place. I've been in that situation before. We traveled late into the night and uh, couldn't find. We didn't realize the particular region we were going through. We are having some kind of special event and they had filled up hotels far and wide and we just couldn't find a room anywhere and uh, we drove and drove and drove and, and uh, the later the night got the lower the bar became <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and after a while it was it was sleep here or sleep in the car and so we slept there by this time our son Justin was just a young man young boy at that time and and he was asleep and so we just bundled him up and took him in the hotel and we got by as best we could The next morning when we were walking out of the hotel, he was still somewhat uh, asleep. He made a few steps out of the room and uh, looked back at that hotel and he said, we stayed here? (laughs) And uh, so if he was having those kind of thoughts, you can only imagine what kind of thoughts were going through his mother's mind. So I kind of feel like I can relate to Joseph a little bit. You're, you're wanting to, to uh, find a place for your family, but not just any place. But sometimes the circumstances just, merit you got to do what you got to do. Mary, at this point, really didn't care about the smell of the animals. She really didn't care about the decor or the lack thereof. Just to have this day's journey come to an end seemed to be enough. Very few could comprehend what was really unfolding here and what would ultimately take place inside of this stable and to be sure, the world would never be the same. The the gospel of Luke, and in our text, the Bible talks about these wise men or these shepherds and how that the angel of the Lord came to them. And Luke in his writing noted that this angelic visitation of the shepherds occurred at night, very specifically as they watched by night. Night seems like a formidable foe. On this night, however, heaven was going to use the blackness of darkness as a backdrop to make an announcement that would forever change the course of mankind. The apostle John would later say it like this. He said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But who could know at this moment what was really unfolding? It all seemed so innocent. It all seemed so simple. And it all seemed way too common and ordinary. But John had it. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. On this night, the shepherds initially trembled with fear when the angel came and made this announcement. However, their fear soon turned to hope because they heard the message as it continued to unfold. I bring you good tidings of great joy. And so no matter how fearful they may have been at the initial onset of this holy visitation, there was something about the words that were continually spoken that brought them hope. They went on to say, "'For unto you is born this day in the city of David "'a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, "'and this shall be a sign to you. "'He shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes "'lying in a manger. "'No sooner sooner had this angel delivered this message "'than a heavenly host of angels joined in, "'and they sang, "'Glory to God in the highest, "'and on earth peace, "'goodwill toward men.'" And so when they heard this, they realized that God is sending them on a quest, a mission. And they hurried off to the stable to worship. And even in this, God, to the most finite detail, did not leave them to find this path alone. He set a star over the little town of Bethlehem and said, follow that star. And when you get there, you're gonna find what you're looking for. So not even the darkness of night had the the ability or the power to snuff out the light that was guiding their path. And so on this holy night, the prophecies of Israel's most renowned patriarchs and prophets all seemed to merge and come together by way of fulfillment. Isaiah 9 and 6 The writer said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so the word of the Messiah came, but I think it's interesting that the word of the Messiah came at night. This message didn't come at night because the Lord was afraid of the revelations that could happen during the day. But this word came as a bold proclamation against the sin, the night of sin and the night of hopelessness. There is hope and there is hope for sin. Nightfall has a way of changing the complexion of things, doesn't it? Absolutely it does. The pain we feel during the daylight hours seems to intensify at night. Night can magnify fears and the night has a way of deepening despair in the hearts of those that are struggling. Night seems to weaken our resolve. How many times have we just sat in the living room or the den or maybe just lay in the bed and just hoped for the day to come? The Bible talks about disciples being caught in a great storm and how they had cast out anchors and and they were just clinging to hope. And the Bible says that they wished for day. Because there was something about the insecurities that night can bring. And it happens to us all. Even those that are, uh, that are uh, sometimes too proud or egotistical to admit that there is a certain trepidation that comes in night. Even to those Even to those that will not acknowledge there is something about night that can just set us ill at ease. We walk differently at night. Amen. Uh, Not so much anymore. I've talked about it through the years, but my wife was a professional furniture mover for many, many years. And she didn't do it for a living, but she she rearranged our house all the time. I learned early on, you better not get up in the night and just start walking because that bug may have hit her and you don't know what is where and so you walk differently at night you 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 weigh your steps a little bit easier you you are careful what you do at night a lot of things happen at night many of us were raised by parents that told us nothing good happens after a certain hour At night, Oh, we thought they were so out of tune and outdated and they just were not with it and how blessed we would have been if we'd had cool parents. But you know what? I've lived long enough to realize there's a lot of truth to that. Thieves and murderers and drunkards and prostitutes, that's when they prowl the streets. They're more readily available and accessible at night because there's just something about that garment of darkness that gives them courage. Job seemingly had some insight to this in Job 24:13 he writes they are of those that rebel against the light they know not the ways thereof nor abide in the paths thereof the murderer rising with the light killeth the poor and the needy and in the night is a is is a thief is as a thief the eye also of the adulterer waiteth for the twilight saying no eye shall see me and disguiseth his face in the dark they dig through houses which they had marked for themselves in the daytime. Amen. They know not the light. For the morning is to them even as the shadow of death. If no one if no if one know them, they are in the terrors of the shadow of death. Job had this keen insight to the heart of man at night. We can pick a house during the day but we won't go there to rob it in the day we're going to wait for the garment of night to to wrap itself around and so what great insight job expresses in this passage The psalmist, the psalmist David even complained about the night in Psalm 77 verses one and two. He said, I cried unto the Lord God with my voice, even unto God with my voice and gave, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. Job understood something about the peril that accompanies night. In John's gospel, even Jesus himself had something to say about night. In John 3.19, he said, Light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And so they were depending on night to cover their evil deeds. Darkness and night seems to symbolize all that's evil. Even the Bible talks about Satan himself being known as the prince of darkness. Exodus chapter 12 talks about uh, this death angel that's gonna pass through Egypt because there had been a curse placed on the firstborn suffering the death angel's plague but it was all going to happen under the garment of night. The night exposed the cowardly nature of Simon Peter because it was here that the Bible talks about Simon Peter warming his hands around the enemy's fire, but he wasn't doing this at noonday. It was the the covering of darkness he thought would bring him what he needed. Nighttime found Jesus Christ in the garden of Gethsemane In agonizing prayer, interceding for the souls of mankind. It was under the the cover of night that Judas betrayed our Lord. And then the Bible talks about Paul. Amen. The many things that Paul experienced, but one of them, Paul talks about spending a long night in the cold sea, struggling for his life. Something about that night. Amen, I'm so thankful this morning that while we're gonna talk a little bit about the bad things that can happen at night, my real message this morning is about the hope that came to us by night. Amen, while the thief and the murderer, while, while those that are, that are looking to do evil and ill things are waiting for the night, God chose the night to make a glorious entrance into the world. And by doing so, he proved that night is going to become subservient to the day. He proved that light is going to overcome darkness and he proved that pain and suffering hidden in the night is going to lose its power at the breaking of the day. Amen, the psalmist David picked up his pen. He wrote these words that have been far more than just a comfort to us. Amen, it's been a deep friend. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Hallelujah, I know today that I'm reaching to not only people in this auditorium but to those joining us online that have spent nights weeping but you wept in hope and you wept in faith and you wept with a promise that hot salty tears may run now but there's some joy that's going to follow this it's night outside right now but there's some joy that's going to come in the morning praise God amen there are several nights that are mentioned in scripture in Jerusalem, it was a bitter night in the house of a respectable couple when a mother gave birth to a long-awaited son. I'm confident that they, like my wife and I, and perhaps every every mother and father listening to this message today, they were interested when that child was born to make sure everything was okay, counting fingers and counting toes and Making sure all is well. Amen. And so here she has given birth to a long-awaited son. Joy filled their home and joy filled their heart. But it was short-lived because immediately perhaps they began to notice there's something different about his eyes. Something is just not right. Amen. They understood somehow, some way that this is not right. There's no sight there. There's, there's something wrong Deep inside she understood the beauty of this world. All the things perhaps this mother began to calculate in her mind. All the beautiful things that her son was never going to experience. He was destined to live out his life in a perpetual night because of the blindness that plagued his eyes. We think about another man that we are introduced. We don't really know his formal name We call him the demonic of Gadara. The Bible really remains silent on many of the details of this man. We don't know his age. We don't really know what what led to the things in his life. We don't know what the first signs may have been that something was going wrong. We don't know if there was an event, something that served as a catalyst to drive this man over the edge. But somewhere along the way, things began to change he went from living a normal life to living a life in the tombs on the outskirts of town a man a madman a man so demon possessed that the bible talks about cutting himself with stones his life horrible night season left him naked. It left him a terror to the community. His voice, no doubt, echoed all throughout the village. Everyone recognized the voice of the madman on the outskirts of town. Eventually, an innumerable host of demons, spirits, invaded his body and mind, and he introduced himself to the Lord as legion. Amen. The residents of Gadara could hear him night night. after After night, after night, it was nighttime in the heart of this young man. In Nazareth, we meet a woman with an issue of blood. And perhaps like many others, her hope was diminishing. But not all at one time. It was just slowly but surely. Perhaps when this issue of blood started, the Bible talks about spending all she had on physicians. Perhaps she thought well, I've just got an issue. I'll go to the doctor. Something will be prescribed. I'll be able to get some sort of medication and hope and healing is going to be mine. But days turned to weeks and weeks to months. It was a slow dripping. It was a slow ebb. It was a slow process. But she realized in time that my hope is going away. The doctors had taken all of her money and yet they had offered no cure. Day after day, she watched her condition grow worse and her bank account grow smaller. She knew, I'm in trouble. Amen, this was the night season of her life. Nighttime in Capernaum descended like an avalanche on an entire family whenever a father said, we need to have a family meeting. I need to talk to you about something. I need to share something that's going on with me. And as they sat down, he began to reveal to them the cruel disease of leprosy has taken up residence in my body. And in an instant, a wife a mother and children understood that they are now legally required to distance themselves and so it was not going to just remain a quiet subject. This would not remain something that stayed within the confines of their home or their family. Amen. Soon an entire community would know all about this man and his plight because the law said to he would have to cry out unclean, unclean wherever he went. He would be dead destined to find himself in a leper colony somewhere to live out the rest of his life. It seemed for him that night had come to stay hallelujah but it was into just such a world that Jesus said I'm going to be born into I'm going to come into the darkness of the night amen not just the literal darkness of a literal night but I'm going to come into the dark night season of many people's lives I don't want to get ahead of myself today but I can tell you that there are many testimonies in this house that where Jesus wasn't afraid of your darkness he wasn't afraid of the darkness that surrounded your mind he wasn't afraid of the darkness that surrounded your world, amen, he walked in, he didn't bring light, he was light, hallelujah, I'm thankful that hope came by night, Satan implied that sin would be the enlightenment, that if you just sin, that'll turn the light on, if you just do whatever you feel in your heart to do. He suggested this all the way back to the book of the beginnings. He suggested that disobedience to the will of God. This is what will take you to a brighter day. This is what will open your eyes. This is what will make you feel complete this is what will make you whole the Bible says in Genesis 3 and 4 and the serpent said unto the woman ye shall you shall not surely die for God doth know that the day you eat thereof then your eyes will be open and ye shall be as gods knowing good and evil and so what the devil was trying to say is go ahead and try on a little darkness amen the darkness is going to lead to light it's going to open your eyes but instead of creating a brighter day. The sin and Adam and of Adam and Eve plunged an entire world, not just into darkness, but into gross darkness. Amen. There was a flaming sword said in Eden. It was the casting of man out of the presence of God. Amen. It was indicative of what would come, and that we were born now with a sin nature, and we were born with iniquity locked up in our in our heart, in our minds. The light that burned in their soul was snuffed out in an instant. And in a moment of time, light was gone and darkness filled. Never let it be said that somebody is better off without the Lord. Never let it be said that somebody is in a better place because they're not going to church. Or because they're not serving God. Oh, no, no, no. James 1 and 7 said every gift every good gift rather and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom there is with whom is no variables neither is there a shadow of turning amen never let it be said that I have what I have because of my education I have what I have because I'm this shrewd I have what I have because I'm this good of an organizer or of an administrator or a businessman no James just went ahead and slid everything off the table and said, let's get one thing straight. If you got a good gift, if you got a perfect gift, let you let us know one thing. It came from here down. Amen. It coming from the Father of lights. In him there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If you've got anything worth having this morning, it's because God was the giver of that gift. And I'm not just talking about the shoes on your feet or the clothes on my back. I'm talking about our children, our families, our homes, our health, our sight, our hearing, the breath in our lungs. Hallelujah. Whatever good thing we've got, it was a gift from him. It was a gift from the great giver. Hallelujah. It was a gift from the hope that came to us by night. Listen to what John had to say. John 1 and 4. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Now here's the clarification. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh to the world. Thank God for light. Thank God for light. Jesus came in the night to address the strongholds that Satan had imposed on the world. The blackness of sin, the darkness of false doctrine, the desperate grip that Satan had on the world, It all had to be answered. And Jesus came to address that. Amen. The victorious Savior offered or afforded rather Satan no safe haven. Amen. We've got to address this darkness. Evil could not wrap itself in darkness to the degree that it could escape the power of God's grace. The Lord came to deal with sin once and for all. It was light that was sent from heaven. Not just an ordinary light, but a penetrating light. It was a light, amen. It was a light that could deal with the, the grossness of sin. It was a light that could deal with the failure and the fall of mankind. A light sent from heaven. A light that penetrated the night with the smallest and the most vulnerable manifestation that God create, that God could create, and that manifestation was the innocence of an infant, a baby in a manger. Nothing more frail. Nothing more fragile. Nothing more vulnerable. (laughs) But the Lord said, don't mistake this because this is hope. Amen. Through the frail appearance of a newborn baby, the Prince of Peace came to serve Notice on the prince of darkness. The prince of light came to serve notice on the prince of darkness. Bethlehem's manger gave the devil a taste of what was in store for him. Just as Jesus broke through the veil of darkness on this night of nights, he would repeat the performance at the close of his completed mission on earth. Jesus came in the night, but he didn't just come with pomp and circumstance. He didn't just come to be seen and heard. Jesus came in night so that he could lead mankind out of night and into light. Amen. So we're not here today to just fellowship, although we've already enjoyed our time together. We're not just here to see one another and shake hands and catch up on the latest We're here today to celebrate the fact that light came to our night and changed our world and changed our destiny. It would probably scare us beyond our ability to put it in words if we could just get a glimpse where we may be had it not been for the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I'm not just saying that to say that. I I mean that. If the Lord could just somehow remove the scales of our eyes and let us see where we would be without grace, wow, it may be a real reason to sing, wouldn't it? A real reason to be here. I'll ask our musicians to come. They will. Remember the mother I mentioned a moment ago that that rocked her blind son. What a dark season for this family. The hopes and the dreams of a newborn son in mere moments were dashed because a mother and a father recognized something's not right about these eyes. Their heart had to fall because they understood the gravity of this situation. It was a dark season. And I want to underline that word. It was a dark season for this family. Not a dark day. Not a dark night. It wasn't a tough couple of days. We don't know how long this trial went on in this family before he was healed but we do know that the Bible talks about him being born blind yet when Jesus saw him he was a man. So this wasn't a momentary problem. This was something somebody had to make some adjustments for. They had to design their house a certain way. They had to to plan their day, their trips, and their events in certain ways because a problem had come to their life to stay. It was not just a few days. It was a season. But in John 9, 1 through 7, the Bible talks about Jesus, or light, came walking into their dark world, and he came to destroy the devil's works and break the darkness when some said, "Who did sin? His mother or father? Who did, did, the, did the child sin? Who sin? How? Why are we, why are we dealing with this?" The Lord said, "All this is so that people will know there is power, that there is light and darkness." Remember Gadara, the man living in the tombs, the outcast from family and friends, the horror of the village. Mark five says. That Jesus, or light, came ashore. And in an instant, this man, trapped in a world of darkness, recognized Jesus as not just being Jesus, but he recognized him as being the answer to his problems. Amen. And when Jesus left him, he was not only delivered of his demons, but the Bible says that he was clothed and in his right mind. Jesus came in the night to heal and restore. What about the woman with the issue of blood? Matthew 9 tells us that when she touched the hem of his garment, Brother Newburn spoke about this this past Wednesday night. Not only was her issue of blood dried or stayed, but the Bible says she was made whole. And I think it's important, the point that he made Wednesday night, I'll underline again today that in the scripture, often you see people that are just healed of whatever affliction they were dealing with in their life. If they were blind, maybe they they received their sight. And oh, what a wonder that would be. Or those that were deaf, they're hearing. Or those that were lame, they received their ability to get up and walk. But he didn't just heal and stop this issue of blood, but he made her whole. Amen. Kind of reminds you of Naaman, right? Amen. Naaman the leper, when he dipped seven times in George River, when he came up, Amen. He didn't, just have, he didn't just have leprosy spots that were dried. He didn't just have the scars, but he had skin that was new and fresh because God made him whole. Amen. But what about not naming the leper the Old Testament? What about the leper? What about the man that set his family down? What about the man that said, I can't come home and have supper with you anymore. I'm going to be relegated to the outskirts of town Mark 1 tells us how this man came to Jesus to worship. He did not come to Jesus. And I've made this point many times through the years, but I'm not ashamed to make it again. That he, that he came to Jesus to worship him. He did not come to Jesus because Jesus had a track record of healing people with leprosy. There's no record of leprosy being healed in the New Testament to this account. There was just naming the leper of the Old Testament. But he came to worship him. And in the process of worship, something triggered his faith. And while he was worshiping, for the first time since he found that spot on his hand or his forehead or wherever it may have been, for the first time since that moment, he felt hope. And he lifted up his eyes. And he looked to Jesus and he said, Lord, if thou wilt, Thou can make me clean. Amen. And Jesus was moved with compassion. He put forth his hand and broke the law and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, he immediately immediately leprosy departed and he was cleansed. And because of that night of nights in Bethlehem, no night has been too black, too dark to prevent light from breaking through all because of Bethlehem's manger. But those biblical nights long ago are not just locked up in this book because in truth, all of the things that we've talked about today and more find their counterparts in the world we live in today. Tonight, Someone will find themselves back in a crack house. Someone will find themselves in an alley of some sort of addiction. A funeral home's phone is going to ring tonight. It's very possible that a gambler could lose everything tonight. A criminal will get the courage to commit another crime tonight. Sadly, someone could even take their life tonight. But because of that holy night, that's not just... The only report. Because I can also tell you that in the course of this day, miracles can happen. And somebody can be healed. And somebody can be delivered. And somebody can be spared from death. And people can be set free from depression. Amen. And someone can find hope. And and it won't be at the bottom of a glass or at the end of a gun barrel. They can find hope and not take their life. Because light Light, the church is the light. The city set on a hill that cannot be hid. That's this this is why. Just one reason why we can't light our candle and put it under a bushel. That's not just a children's song. There's a powerful principle. Amen. And so today, as we leave this building, we not we we need, as we said many times, not to just come have church. We need to walk out of this building and be church. Be church. The church, be the light, be hope. Let somebody feel that there is hope. In all of the darkness, there is light. There is light. I'm gonna ask you to stand, if you will. So, well, I don't have a lot to offer. You may not think that what you have would make a difference or it would be sufficient enough. But I can tell you that if you know him, He will be enough. He will be enough. Several years ago, we were, my wife and I were um, in Jacksonville preaching on a Sunday night. We were there to preach on a Sunday night. And um, the church brother, John Hopkins, now pastors. If you've been there, many of you have been there. It's sort of a building inside of a building. It's a large building, and the sanctuary is inside, rooms and things of that nature all around. And so my point is is that it's a windowless sanctuary. Horrible storm blew in that night, and the power went out. And I just want to tell you that when you read about gross darkness, I think I experienced it that night because it was unbelievably dark. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. I kid you not. And then little by little, people started reaching into their pocketbooks and their pockets and pulling out their phones. And it was amazing. Just the glow of the light. This was really before um, smartphones. So really didn't have a built-in flashlight. It was just the glow of the screen. But as all of those screens came on, all of us were able to exit that building safely. It didn't take a lot of light when there was that much darkness. Amen. So you think, well, I don't have much to offer if you have any light at all. If you only knew the darkness that some people are locked in. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful that hope came by night, aren't you? Revelation 22 and 5, and I'll close. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. I am so thankful that I know the light and that hope came by light. I wonder if across this building we could just lift our voices. and